0: Wow, what a great theme Pastor Chris started uh, last week. We are able. You are able. Everybody say, I am able. And what he launched with as he put this artwork up in it, great. But we are well able to hear God's voice. And I'm praying that through this time of fasting and prayer this month. Hey, listen, how about getting quiet? You're not going to hear if you get, if if you, have you ever had someone just talk at you and you're, you're, you just, and, and they finish and it wasn't a conversation. It was just, you were talked at and God wants to talk to you, but it requires getting quiet. And that's one thing I did a lot of when COVID hit, just got up early to get quiet, man, the peace of God, the rest of God, then the direction. So you need direction this year. During this time, get a little quiet as well. So I love the theme verse that Brother Chris is using. Let's say this out loud. Ready? But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. All right. Can you say that for yourself? Are you well able? Hear his voice. You can do it. Well, let me tell you the direction we're going to go today. We are well able to carry his presence. Yes. 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 Hear, yes. receive, yes. then carry it. Yes. Got to be able to carry it. Right. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make converts. What? Is there a difference? Okay. Of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them, there's teaching involved, there's transformation. To obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the I'm with you. He wants to be with you. We're well able to carry his presence. So what I want to do, I'm going to walk through some Old Testament and new and just show first mention about this. And let's relate it to our lives, to our ministry, to everything that we do because it's very, very important. So we're going to go all the way back to Exodus and see something about Moses. Are you with me? All right. Turn your bulletin over for the notes. And those that are watching online, you can download it. Now, Moses used to take a tent. And pitch it outside the camp, some distance away. Now we don't have to do that today. We can actually just come to a building. Isn't that great? Isn't that good? We didn't have to p- pitch a tent and have it all ready for you when you came. And he would call it the tent of meeting. Yeah. I like that. Look at this. Anyone inquiring of the Lord? Do we have an anyone in the house today? Okay. So one just, just for Moses is for anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. And as Moses went into the tent, the pillar of the cloud would come down and stay on the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Come on, Lord. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they stood And worshipped. Now notice that they're just worshipping back at their tent. They're not going to the tent of meeting. Wasn't a real sacrifice there, but at least they're doing something. Each at the entrance of his tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but look at this. His young age, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. So Moses wasn't by himself in the tent. Someone else is there. Get I wonder who took Moses' place when it was time for him to go to heaven. Mm. Just a thought. Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your way so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. And remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, look, my presence, first mention, my presence will go with you. And you know what? When his presence goes with you, guess what? What do you have? You know, it's amazing when COVID hit, how many people you thought would stay at rest. They didn't. Mm -hmm. They weren't aware of the presence. My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you're pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else? What what else would distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? What is it, church? His presence. Not our words. Not just this, that, and the other, his presence in our life. Lift your hands for a moment. Lord, help us as we look at this. Burn it in our heart. Let us see the sacrifice necessary. Let us see what's necessary to carry your presence. And we be careful to give you all the praise. And everyone says... You know, I I love our country, I love our nation, I love church, I love believers, but I'm just going to be honest, America has gotten sloppy. Believers have gotten sloppy, I'm not talking about you, I'm just talking about as a whole, especially in larger cities. Thank God for online, if you're watching, praise God, but if you can make the sacrifice to be in the atmosphere, in the tent... Come on, man, I challenge you with that. It's so necessary. I told you the story on my dad. He, wasn't, he got saved, but he wasn't overly spiritual. He didn't start growing until he received the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Man, then he just dove in and grew mightily. Man, we had, he had a lot of businesses and a farm and a this and that. Man, he was a busy man. But on Sundays, after he got saved, you went to church. Yeah. I mean, you, you, went to, you, didn't, you went to church. Dad, I don't feel good. Prove it. Throw up. <laughs> Blah. Now, don't you feel better? Let's go to church. <laughs> That's how I grew up. But, it, listen, it was that consistency that I'm doing what I'm doing today. So, families, remember that. If you're not consistent in the tent, you're showing your family it's not that important. And the presence of God is not cheap. It's going to cost. It is a sacrifice. Now, here's my point. We're well able to carry his presence. Moses is experiencing the presence of God in the tent of meeting. I mean, it's a wonderful thing. He's actually talking to God face to face. Moses loved that experience. But Moses had an issue to talk to God about. The issue is, okay, we're meeting, but I got to go out there i got to lead all these people that grumble and complain and we're crossing this desert and we're going to run into enemies and so forth. Put it parallel with our lives and work and school and responsibility. Come on. And I don't just want to have this encounter with you at the tent of meeting. I need you out there. Anybody else need the Lord out there? And this may be a paradigm change or adjustment in some in their thinking. It's like, Lord, I need to have the tent of meeting experience the worship experience is singing to you, to you—not just about you, but singing to you. What a revelation when that happened to me yes. while I'm at the tent. But when I get out there, yeah. for us, when we leave church, mm-hmm. yeah. Lord, I love your presence. The challenge is Monday's coming. Yes, right. <laughs> got a mean boss. Got all these employees. I've got school. I've got this. I've got challenges to face. And the challenge is I need this experience to be carried with me so that I can be effective out there. Man, I love it. It, What's her name? Shelby, is that your name again? Okay. I ran into Shelby about a month ago and getting gas in my car. And we started talking. And I said, Shelby, come to church. Invited her. Look who's here today. Come on, why not? Just why not? But if I would have been all consumed with life and this and then, and then I, I wouldn't have even talked to her. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come, on. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, man. That's it. Moses is saying to God, I love you. Come on. But man, I've got to start moving, I've got to start moving these people. And what's going to make me different to the people we run into and the enemies that we face? I can't just stay in the tent perpetually. We can't just stay in church perpetually. That would be great. You've entrusted me with responsibility. He's entrusted you with responsibility. And whenever I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, I don't want to be doing it in my own strength, in my own personality void of your invading presence in my life. You know, it's kind of like we start leaving, and I don't know about you. If I'm not careful, I can start leaking His presence, or stop. I can start letting it drop off. Now, I've got a funny story about this. Uh, when we began the remodeling in the coffee bar, wonderful out here. Let's thank all those that served that vision. And, Devin and Tim and Laurie and all that come on what a great great thing but to do that we had to take all the stuff out that was in there and we had all kind of stuff in the drawers and cabinets and brother Cliss is so good about cleaning things out I said don't throw this out yet let me go through some stuff so we put all papers and CDs and cassettes and so forth in the office. I said, I'll go through it, and we'll probably get rid of almost all of it. So this particular day, I was able to just focus on it. I went in a room. I put on a podcast. I'm just in there by myself. Then I put on music. I'm just having a great time. And almost everything we did get rid of, and I'm piling it up on this cart. You know, just piling up stuff. And then... I'm leaving to to bring it to the dumpster, and I go out the door, just having a good time. But I'm not carrying it, I'm pulling it. I'm dragging it. And just enjoying the day, pretty day. And when you get on the blacktop, it's rough, and there's no springs in this, you know, it's just doing this. And I go all the way to to the dumpster. (laughs) Some of you go all the way through Saturday doing this. Spiritually, So I'm starting to put things in the dumpster, and I look back, and Pastor Ryan, who's doing, man, Ryan and all, they're doing a great job with our teens, man. Listen, get, get them involved. Junior high, they, just, their lives will be changed, folks. Parents do it. So I look back, and Pastor Ryan, I see him coming towards me, and I see him bending over and picking up, and I see him bending over and picking up. And I'm thinking, well, what is he doing? That looks silly. I probably lost a third of it and didn't even realize it. <laughs> and he carries it. We laugh. We have a great time yeah. about it. But here, listen. Yeah. Do you carry his presence with you? No. No. Delicately aware of what you have? Yeah. Or are you take your experience and just face life and, yeah. and God just drops off all week long. I have a responsibility. We all have a responsibility. We've got to do it. Y'all thank Ryan when you see him for what (laughs) he did. (laughs) And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you've asked. Your presence. Because I'm pleased with you and I know you by name. He knows my name. Is it you or he? Both. You know my name. Mm. What a powerful song. Listen, we are well able to carry his presence. Now hear me. I love worship. I love music. I love what God does in each of us at the tent of meeting and type in here. When, When we sacrifice sacrifice to get here be here participate enjoy not just at our own tent our own perception or just how we want it or and all that but whatever's going on I'm gonna be involved in it if the heart is right people have been forever changed at the tent of meeting we saw I think three people get saved this morning in the tent of meeting I have such a huge value for the tent I believe in God at the tent. It's absolutely necessary. New Testament. Here we go. Romans 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, sisters, family, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Not just physical, but spiritual. So here's my concern and challenge for us as we're entering into this new year. Something to truly considering during this month, especially with prayer and fasting. Uh, We call this our worship experience. Often someone said, how was church? How was worship today? That's a good phrase. Nothing wrong with that. But do we call everything else? Is that worship? Do we call everything we do out there worship? If we've dedicated our bodies as living sacrifices, and we're at the tent of meeting and fellowship and teaching and discipleship and community and growth, then we can go out there as a living sacrifice. Please, we, we have... Such a high ante- anticipation here. I love it. I don't know what God's going to do next. It's fabulous. I saw during worship, different ones go around praying for each other and this, and different ones came praying for me. I love it. It's great. Victory, your church, our family. We're not dualistic people, though. We're not spiritual and then carnal. Right. We're not spiritual and then just natural. That's right. Come on. Come on. We're spiritual yes. and we're living sacrifices. Yes. Worship is not merely something to do with music, instead of something to do with sacrifice. Now we all have different ideas of what sacrifice is, let me tell you a true story. This was a sacrifice for this lady. I'm so grateful for all the people that were involved in my children's life when we were raising them, because I needed the community to be a part of that. And now I need the community to be a part of my grandchildren's lives. We don't try to be the answer for everything. It's so a precious lady in Louisville that's a part of Andrew and Adrian's life and my three grandchildren up there. Precious. Uh, my grandchildren, they call Jeanette Gr- Grammy, and they call her Granny. So whenever they're at their house and they're talking about Granny, they go, Granny, you know, just to make the distinction. And uh, she wanted to take the, the family um, skating, skating. Um, Ice skating, not not rollerblading. Ice skating before Christmas. There's a big rink up there, and she used to do that growing up, and, and she was good, she's good at it. This is about two weeks before Christmas, so they're out there, and Andrew, of course, is just focusing on the kids because trying to keep them up, and they were there for a long time. They're almost finished, and Grandnie, who is a good skater, I don't know, missed a turn or her foot twisted, and she had a terrible fall, and broke her hip. Okay. Now, we're we're talking about sacrifice here by sacrifice. Say sacrifice. Sacrifice. You're in pain. Excruciating pain. You know, EMS is coming and all that. She was determined to make this a good experience for her grandkids, my grandkids, okay? So all the kids didn't come and Andrew didn't see that. They're all around her. And she's saying just grinning in pain. Wasn't this a wonderful day? Didn't we have a good time? I'm so glad we got to do this. We're going to have to do this again. She just went on and on talking about wasn't this wonderful. So a week later when the grandkids were at my house, I said, hey, I hear you got to go ice skating. They said, yeah, granny had a bad fall, but we can't wait to go back. Come on. That's good. That's really good. Because... Granny was determined to sacrifice herself for someone else to have a good experience. See, sacrifice, we can think of it how we want it. It isn't a sacrifice until it hurts. It's not a sacrifice until it hurts. So, I need the Lord out there more than just my experience in here. Don't misunderstand me. I absolutely need him in here (laughs) because I desperately need him out there. I'm concerned believers had conditioned themselves to believe that just in certain atmospheres is it conducive for God to do something. But we're able, well able, say I'm well able, able. to carry his presence. Oh, I love it. I love it. We're not just a living sacrifice in a comfortable atmosphere on Sunday from 1030 to 12 or a few minutes after if I need it today and everybody says... And for the very spiritual Wednesday night from 7 to 8, no. We need it all the time. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. All these things will be given to you as well. I taught this for years. If, If it's not kingdom, the kingdom of God, God's word, then what am I doing fiddling with it? When you receive Jesus, again, there's no such thing as secular being separate from your life. Everything you do is sacred to God if we will get this in our heart and mind and launch the year with it. Jesus said, man, if you give a cup of cold water to someone in my name, man, you've done it to me. You won't lose your reward. Oh, so that's spiritual? Very spiritual. Mm -hmm. Anything you do Kingdom-minded, Jesus-minded, eternally-minded can receive a reward. In other words, the smallest detail of your life is worship to God. When you let someone in line, when you're driving on Highway 27, (laughs) and you do it with a smile, you're carrying his presence. Whatever it is, you're carrying his presence the smallest detail. So in twenty twenty three, let's take what we do, how we live, our occupation, our education, pull it into the kingdom. Okay, I'm pulling into kingdom. Kingdom. Okay. Everything I do, I'm gonna carry his presence. I'm gonna carry I'm not gonna just bump along and let everything fall off. Oh, I have a bad attitude. Boom. There went some of his presence. Uh oh I I didn't handle that situation biblically. Boom, there went some more. I don't want by Saturday this thing completely empty in my life. I want his presence. You do sacred work. You know what Chris Burnett does on the keyboard and all the other instruments. Can we give all our musicians a hand clap? The voices. It's no more holy than what a builder does with his tools. Or what a teacher does with his or her books of learning. Or those of you in the medical field, what you do with your medical tools (laughs) and medicine and all that. Whatever you do, it's sacred to the Lord. That's if you've dedicated your life to Jesus and you're a living sacrifice. Not a living self-centered individual. Living sacrifice. Sacrifice. I think one of my greatest joys, hear me please, as a pastor all these years, it's what I hear that happened through your life of carrying His presence out there. And someone you got to minister to, someone that you led to salvation, someone you prayed with and they received the blessing or healing, someone you led to the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And I hear about it and you carry that in. You are so excited. That, look, I, I can't wait this year. I'll, when you do it, share with one of the pastors, share, Brother Chris, something God does because you carried him right. and God did something Give God all the praise. It becomes a testimony of what he wants to do again. Question. Do you anticipate that God is with you all day long? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. If so, you get this principle. See, because God is about quality construction. God cares about students being taught. God cares about people's medical needs Being met, just whatever you do, just put it in there and relate it. Pull your life, your whole life into a kingdom God mission. That's worship. That's carrying his presence. What can happen then as you do this, people who don't know the king, they can experience God's kingdom. They might not read the Bible, but they're going to read you. They're reading you whether you know it or not. And they can start being inquisitive and start this journey that will lead to their salvation and transformation. Here's a good story. John 1. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing. Everybody say, first thing. Andrew did was to find his brother, Simon wait, but I've heard something. I've been transformed I've I've got this salvation thing this understanding of Jesus in my heart. I've got to carry this to someone else He found Simon and tell him we have found the Messiah that is a Christ. He brought him to Jesus Listen this year. You're to bring people to Jesus Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which translated is Peter. Peter, I mean, what a powerful person. He was a rough dude, but look at all the things he did. Yeah, yeah. Because Andrew carried the presence to him. Yeah. Hmm. Some of you might be, you might be bringing the next missionary. Amen. That's right. On. The next, next leader of a city. Yeah. Yeah. Next principal. What, why not? but let's be obedient and follow. The only way many will experience that is to taste what we taste in worship, I believe, is we bring the kingdom living out there to others. If I think the only way I can be that type of example is through the proper atmosphere and everything perfect in my life and everything working in the house and the tire fixed on the car and the bills paid and, and the weather perfect, and, and then I'll make myself available. All I can say is, good luck for that, right? Okay. Most of the time, it's just practicing and experiencing His presence going with you. If you want to write down a great book, that'll rock your world. Classic book, The Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. Classic book. That'll bring conviction. Don't let it bring condemnation, but just conviction of how that dude practiced God's presence. We're well able. His presence can go with you. Listen, I want any hypocrisy removed from my life. I want it gone. If I am convinced and convicted his presence can go with me, that can happen. What you believe matters. If you believe the team you play basketball on always loses... You'd hate to be disappointed and actually win a game. Come on. You operate in faith consistently. All the time. But what type of faith is it? Kingdom door faith or destructive door faith? I love this promise in Isaiah. In righteousness, you will be established. Okay? And if you do that, tyranny will be far from you. You will have a lot of things to fear. What? Nothing. Okay. Terror be far removed. It will not come near you. But let's reverse it. Oppression will be close to you because you are afraid. So the more you are afraid, the more you unlock that door, and you'll not have conviction we are well able. That's right. That's right. Fear is faith in the wrong direction. So when I believe God in his word, I open the door to the kingdom. I'm unlocking and opening a door and inviting what I believe in. This is why the tent of meeting is so important. Community is so important. Growth is so important. So it's important what we believe in. Jesus said in John, you'll know the truth and the truth will. Truth and original means reality. But if I believe in the wrong reality, I can be in prison. Okay. Let me get get to the main scripture I want to get to. If you want to look in your Bible in Ezekiel, you can turn to chapter 47. Because I, I need this to come alive in your heart. So, so good. We read the Great Commission in Matthew 28. Remember, it's the Great Commission, not omission. Commission. And I love how it ends, surely I am with you. What did God tell Moses? I am with you. I'll go with you. My presence will go with you. So in the Great Commission, he's telling us right there, I'll go with you. The Lord will go with us. I love that. I want you to go out and disciple nations. And what I said to Moses in Exodus 33, and surely my presence will go with you. It's now. So let's look at this metaphor. Let it come alive in our heart and relate it to us about his presence. Are you with me? Okay. We're starting in Ezekiel 47. The man brought me back to the entrance of the temple, and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the temple faced east. Let's just call that direction east. Okay, it's flowing, starting to flow out. Okay? The water was coming down from under the south side. Here we go, right down front of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east. <laughs> so I meant these are all directions. And the water was flowing from the south side. Getting all of us. As the man went eastward with the measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubics, And then he led me through water that was Ankle deep. Everybody say ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubes. In other words, he got further away and led me through the water that was knee deep. Everybody say knee deep. <laughs> he measured off another thousand. He led me through water that was waste, up to my waist. He measured another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in. A river that no one could cross. He asked me, Son of Man, do you see this? Church, do you see this today? I want this metaphor to come alive to all of us today. Then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees, the planting of the Lord, our lives on each side of the river. He said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Arabom where it enters the sea when it empties into the sea the water there becomes fresh swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows there will be large number of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh so where the river flows everything will what? and the word uh, fresh there in the Hebrews is the exact word for being healed (coughs) stay with me Fishermen will stand along the shore. There you go. All right, all of you are fishermen. From En to En there will be places for spreading nets. Come on. Fishers of men, the fish will be of many kinds. Every nation. Every people, every tongue, every race, every color. Like the fish of the great sea. Uh Uh-oh, watch out though. But the swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. Back to the good stuff. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both sides of the river. Their leaves will not wither or will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear because of the water from the sanctuary. Water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. Even Revelations talked about the leaves were for healing. Okay. I want to point out this metaphor from Ezekiel. He said, this water that starts out as a trickle is trickling out from under the sanctuary door. Come on. Come on. Yeah. So yeah. what trickles out from us? <clears throat> as it goes further from the door, the further it went, what did it do? It got deeper and, and, be- and wider. It became a river from a trickle just seeping to a river. Now, what is the source of the river? It's not a trick question. What is the source? The sanctuary. Said it came from the sanctuary. Come on, stay with me. It's flowing from the sanctuary, it's flowing from worship, the word, community, discipleship, consistency, sacrifice, intentionality, children, teenagers. Marriages, elderly, infants, the consistency. But it has to leave the temple. And the further you get away from the temple, the deeper it got. Can I put it this way? The greatest miracles start, in essence, from here, but should be showing up out there. And there. And there. All the directions where you live. And yes, we are well able. Why? Because we carry his presence. Yeah, we carry his presence. From our yielded lives together, us as living sacrifices, the seeping begins. And then picks up momentum as it gets further away from the sanctuary. Now notice everyone who gets in that river that flows from the sanctuary got got healed. But, but the swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. So the river is flowing. Now, I grew up in Louisiana. Most of you know that. And I had this all around me. That's a swamp. That's a marsh. We, we have one of these on our property. And... Look at all the algae and the green and the water's not moving. And that's where you can find a lot of poison, snakes yeah. and alligators. These are cypress trees. It's a great wood that doesn't rot for building. But that's a swamp. Why is it a swamp? Because it receives, but it never gives. It takes in, but it never gives out. Boy, doesn't that describe a lot of America right now? I, I don't mean that critical. I'm, I'm just... It's it's what it is. I love our country. I love the believers, and Ezekiel depicts that that those marshes, even though they receive the same the same water that the river does, because they have no outlet, they don't heal anyone. In fact, if you hang around there, you're going to get bit by something. Where does the water come from that ends up in the swamp in the marshes? The sanctuary. From the river. The river went in, but it couldn't get out. In Ezekiel's metaphor, because the river went in and couldn't get out, it didn't heal anyone. In other words, the healing qualities of the river are in its movement. In its movement. In its going out. In its activity. Life application and involvement. Not just in receiving and acknowledging. Oh yeah, I prayed that. Oh yeah, I did that. It's in the movement, living sacrifice, carrying his presence as Moses wanted. And there's another element that's equally profound. Think about it. The water that can't be seen is nourishing the trees. The root system, tapping down. Those trees, they stayed fresh and alive. Wow. On Wednesday nights when we have classes, I'm going through a John Bevere series. And he was talking about a state in the western part of the country that had a severe drought. And a family suddenly, their water, they're not getting any water from the city. You know, contact the city and everything. They said, man, the water's flowing. This drought's just bad. Something's going wrong. Well, they had a huge tree in the yard. And what that tree did, because it needed nourishment, it needed something to survive, its roots burst through the water line going to the house and clogged it all up and was taking all the water that should be going to the house to nourish that tree. Now, what do we do in times of drought in our life? Do we press through and just get stronger? Man, do we see the importance of water? But those trees stayed alive and anyone who eats the leaves from those trees have the same manifestation as being in the river. Again, Revelation 22 says the leaves are for the healing of the nations. The nations... The Great Commission, Mm. why am I talking about this metaphor? They are in type, true life examples. Do we take our experiences and our worship and our relationships and our growth out there? Or do we leak all the way to the garbage dump where there's nothing left because we've emptied ourselves out because of the bumps in life? Because we're not aware of what we're to carry. Yeah. All I'm saying is we're well able to carry his presence if we want to. Right. Really, I think one of the most exciting experiences for you this year should be something that happens out there because you carried him. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. God wants people saved. Yes. yes, you saw it this morning. He wants nations transformed. Our missionaries are doing that. We gift to them. We support them. Your tithe helps support them. Rick and Tracy, Chance and Miranda, and others. And he wants those nations transformed. God wants the nations, people groups, reach. He wants His presence in your life, not a religious experience. He wants His invading presence in your life. We don't want to stop this experience in here. In fact, let's enjoy it. I'm excited about these Wednesday nights coming up. What are we going to do? We're clueless. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just go wait to see what the Lord highlights in prayer. But let's move this flowing river out there. Whatever you do on Monday, maybe that crazy prophet Ezekiel got you stirred up. His presence is with me. I'm a river. Streams are flowing out through me. So if, and they're here, John and Sarah, and, and their restaurant downtown, well, they don't just run a restaurant, they've got a river in there. That's right. yeah. Several of their employees, Chris Bernhardt and others, their river. And so you might go eat there, but you're going to get into the river. That's right. And if, They come around, I watch, watch. I'm people watch, and Sarah will just circulate around, and she'll talk to each table, and she'll put a hand on someone's shoulder, and she'll talk to them, but she's praying for them, and what happens is, people start asking questions, and suddenly people say, well, what is it about you, or this place, and there's the door. I'm just using them as an example, but whatever you do, it's the same thing. You're an ambassador. We've all been called to the ministry of reconciliation. You might not have to even say anything. People just walk through your river. Wow. I, need, I want to be around you. His presence makes you relevant. So this is not a message. This is a commissioning. Brother Chris, Drea. Well, did Jesus have anything to say about this? Oh, yeah. Jesus said, Believe in me so that what? Oh, come on. River. I know you've been sitting and I've been long winded, but come- believe in me so that what? Of what? Will burst out from within you out there. Flowing from your innermost being. Just like the scripture says, Jesus was prophesying about the Holy Spirit that believers were being prepared to receive. Moses was the only one that really experienced that at the tent. Now Joshua got his share too. But Jesus has sent his spirit. The same spirit that invaded Moses and his atmosphere so people could see he was different. We have that privilege, every one of us, because of what Jesus did by living his life and becoming our savior, he's now sent the Holy Spirit. Moses carried the presence, all of us can now carry the presence. Being filled with the Spirit does not point to an experience we might have had a certain number of years ago. It's not measured by what we contain, but by what flows. Only in the continual overflow of his presence through our lives are we truly full of the Holy Spirit. If not, we're going to be a swamp. And you know how you can tell when you're around a swampy person? They're critical. They're judgmental. They're negative. Everything's bad. Everything's harsh. (laughs) They can't smile if they tried. But those that carry the presence, oh my. Oh yeah, they've got the same issues. They might even have more issues. But they know who holds them. And it's in that condition that we're most likely able to bring others into an encounter with God. Let's stand.